Is it a gun that sucks balls? I'm the farting demon in this relationship. <laughs> I'd be an awesome rich person. You're both just an embarrassment. God, I'm awesome today. We're talking Tom Hanks and his vehicle. Yeah, I had my finger in my mouth waiting for you to finish. You gotta get four balls or something? Like dick piercing? <laughs> no, you know damn well I'm fucking that demon. It's still sexy. How could I be close and not be right? Yeah, I'll just kill some random dude. His wishes blow Hey, down. everyone, and welcome to another Plotty Time mini-sode. This week, it's just me, Papa Scotch, and I am here with another entry for the numbskulls. That's right, we're talking Platinums, which is what all cool people do. They play video games for digital trophies and important stuff, shit that's important to them. You know what? I don't have to explain myself. I like going for trophies. It's fun. It makes me feel like I completed a game. Who are you? Fuck you. Anyway, so the, the game I'm talking about today is a game that I don't know if there's any other games that have been like this, but it is... Astro's Playroom. The reason I say that is because this is a game that is actually natively installed on your PlayStation 5. So the day you buy a PlayStation 5, crack it open, this game's ready to go, ready to fire up. Uh, which is odd because you can't really... I think you have the option to... It's been a, a while since I bought my PlayStation 5, but I believe when you first start it up, they take you through the migration process from your PlayStation 4 and all your other shit. So it's possible this could just get buried in there somewhere. But anyway point I'm getting at is this game is for free on PlayStation 5. Now, I know you're thinking. First off, it's pre-installed. It's a first-party Sony game. It's celebrating all kinds of Sony culture. It's using what I guess is kind of maybe going to be a mascot for Sony coming up. There's no way this game's good. Well, I'm here to tell you you're wrong because the game is actually quite good. It's one of the better Platinums I've gotten in a while. It's a pretty standard platformer. There's nothing super special about it, but to someone who is fine with platformer games, enjoys, you know, the little simplicity of them, and, you know, doing a couple puzzle solves and stuff like that, then it's a good game. I enjoyed it. It was the only, actually, problem I had with it was it was just too short, but I guess it's supposed to be kind of like a tech demo, which is odd because... The game's definitely longer than any other demo you'd play. I mean, you could probably platinum it. If you were rushing and knew what you were doing, you could probably get it in like five or six hours. I got it within two days, which is good for me because there's no way I put more than six hours in each of those sessions. No way. Probably like four hours in each session. So about eight. That's about right. Basically, the game is you play as Astro. He's a little robot, and you are platforming and jumping around different areas. I They're all, I guess, computer or I... Uh, I suppose, PlayStation 5 hardware-themed areas. There's a area called Memory Meadow. There's SSD, uh, Solid State Drive, there it is, Speedway. There's Cooling Springs, which looks like a big cooling, like, PC cooling tower. And then there's the GPU Jungle, which looks like a big GPU. So you start in this uh, middle hub area, and basically you can go to each of these areas, and then you go clear them out. Pretty standard stuff. I remember them doing this in, like, Crash Bandicoot 3 back in the day. So this is not anything new or fun. But what is interesting about the game is if you're a Sony fanboy, if you've been with them a long time, then there's a lot of really cool little Easter eggs and Sony callbacks that are in there. And a big thing that they do in this game is there are collectibles that are called artifacts, which I thought was an interesting way to sort of... I mean, just calling them artifacts. You're talking about something that is old, that is to be remembered, that is of value. So that's kind of an interesting choice of word that they call it an artifact rather than, 
you know, you bought gear because it's not the most current stuff. So just to give you an idea of some of these things. And what was really fun about this is I didn't either. I forgot about most of not most. I forgot about a lot of these. And if I didn't forget about them, I never knew they existed. and I had to go look them up. Uh, it was a really fun moment when uh, we were talking about a PlayStation 2 game. I forget exactly what it was, but it used the PlayStation Eye camera, which was the PS2 version of the camera, like the OG one. That's like a little, it looks way more like a 90s webcam than the direction PlayStation went with their 3D version of the camera. So I forgot all about that. It turns out I actually went and found it. I do have one. I don't remember why I bought it for PlayStation 2. I don't know. I I mean, there's probably a reason. I don't care to self-explore it that much. But uh, some of the other artifacts that I really enjoyed, and you know what? Actually, I'll save that for the end. What I'm going to talk about first is the game. It is a platformer. You are jumping through areas. You're you're hopping around. You're you're doing all kinds of different stuff. The I mean, it's a platformer. You guys know how this goes, right? But uh, the level design is really cool. There's slides. There's it, it's the best way I suppose I could put it is that it's like a lot of mini games or a lot of standard platforming levels that you've seen before repackaged. So Astro's running through them basically. And I know that sounds like boring. Or bad, but what I like about it is it's long enough where it's fun. Like, I don't get bored with it. I never got bored playing this game, and that might be the fact that it was kind of like a glorious self-promoting Sony thing. But, you know, that's that's just how it is. The game by itself is fun. Like, anybody who enjoys platformers will have fun with it. You may not understand or have nearly as much of a connection to it, if you haven't uh, done the other stuff, but there are some great artifacts and a bunch of stuff I want to talk about, but I'll get to that a little bit later. So the trophies for this are pretty straightforward. A lot of them, not a lot, but the lion's share are going to be if you cleared every level and you collected all the artifacts and all the puzzle pieces, the collectibles, that's going to be almost the entire thing. Like, <laughs> uh, There's also... A couple trophies that are called Get Your First Gacha Prize is Gacha Beginner. What is Gacha? I know it's confusing. Essentially, you get to this middle hub area where you can go to the different worlds, and then you can go to your... Oh, God, I forget what they call the base. I'll have to check. It is the Labo. Yes, the PlayStation Labo. So you go to the Labo, which is where you have all of your fancy artifacts. Uh, It's kind of like a trophy case type of room. It reminds me more of the Call of Duty Modern Warfare Museum exhibit that comes alive than, like, just scrolling side to side and seeing your trophies like in NHL, which is stupid. But stupid for NHL. This, is, this, this it does a really great job because it's a space you can run around and walk around. You can actually platform and get other collectibles in the Labo as well, which you can't get to unless you have the artifact. It's a whole thing. But the gacha machine that I was talking about, it's like a uh, slot machine, basically. And as you're going through the game, you're collecting coins. When you get enough coins, you pull the lever. And this will give you puzzle pieces, which are these really neat... I mean, it's exactly what it is. It's a puzzle piece. But the thing you're putting together is like a wall-bound mural that you would have in your Labo that is like a... The best way I could... It's kind of like a graffiti-style thing that shows the evolution of the PlayStation throughout time. Again, like I said, you know, it's it's a PlayStation... It's a PlayStation love song. It's theirs. They made it. They own the thing. They installed it to download 
the day of on PlayStation 5. So, yeah, man. There's a couple smaller trophies that are specific. Like uh, when you're in the Labo area, you need to do certain things. Some are like stand on the tip of the aim controller, which is way up high in the ceiling. And then there's stuff like step on the lid of the PlayStation in the Labo, which will just, uh, well, open the lid, which you step on the eject, it pops it open. We know how this works. There's a couple level-specific trophies as well. Like you have to do three times doing a spin attack on ice for the Twisted Metal trophy. You have to shatter shelter from the heavy rain and memory meadow, which I think is just hiding under something for a couple seconds. Uh, it's been a while since I played this game, so I'm kind of going by memory here. Making a huge snowball, which is you just push around a thing and get a, So it's a nice mix of collectible trophies, collectible-based trophies, level completion trophies, and some couple stupid little fun things you could do. The, the best trophy lists, I think, the ones that really work, are ones where you explore the game, you explore the world of the game, and it maybe forces you to use mechanics or use tools that you wouldn't maybe like as much or be as comfortable with. And I like those ideas because it gives me a more well-rounded look at the game. Like if I have to get, this doesn't apply to this, but if I have to kill 20 enemies with the shotguns and I tried using the shotguns before and I didn't like them, well, this will be like, all right, get back in there, kill your 20 or 200 or whatever it is enemies, get through it. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe I'll fall in love with the shotgun later, but that's not here nor there. So like I said, it's a platformer, it's jumping around, it's worth your time if you have a PlayStation 5, it's especially as we're sitting here waiting for other games to come out for the PlayStation 5, which it really has a problem with. Uh, I just got, as I'm recording this, Resident Evil 7, and I'm thrilled to get in on that. Not Resident Evil 7, what am I talking about? I played that a while ago. Uh, I have Resident Evil Village coming, and I'm very excited to play that. That looks like a lot of fun. Getting back to this game... Uh, it's mostly doable without a guide You, if you want to go find all the stuff yourself. But if you have a guide, it'll go way quicker to get all the collectibles. So, yeah. I mean, you basically you clear all the areas, get all the collectibles. You use your cash to run the capture machine to get the rest of the puzzle pieces and collectibles. And that's pretty much it. You know, you do a couple random things in each level. And some of them I had to look up. But for the most part, it was pretty easy. And it was pretty breezy and it was fun. I've played much worse games for much longer than this one to get a platinum. That's for damn sure. So talking about the artifacts, I, I love the idea that they that this is a celebration of the PlayStation ecosystem and a celebration of uh, previous peripherals and things we may have forgotten. Now, what do I mean by that? There are these collectibles, which are I believe they're just like little circles or whatever. You grab it, and then the screen pops up, and it tells you what you got. And then when you get these collectibles, you go into the Labo, and they're all like giant size, and you could walk around. You could like jump on a PS1, like climb and do platforming on stuff to get other collectibles, and it's a really fun way to explore that area. But some of the ones that I completely forgot about... Well, I like seeing the PlayStation controller and the PlayStation 2, the PlayStation 3, 4. All those controllers were there, and it was a really neat little walk through memory lane. Uh, especially when you are holding and using the PlayStation 5 controller, and you go back to the 4. Man, it feels like a toy. So that was interesting. That's what The controllers are always fun to look at. But what about like all the other stuff we forgot about? There was one peripheral that I don't remember ever existing until I saw the box and that was the PlayStation mouse that came out for the PS1 
And now I thinking about it, I vaguely remember. I don't know. I don't think I had the PlayStation mouse, but I believe one of my friends did. And we played Command and Conquer Red Alert on two TVs. We would link our PlayStations together and someone had the mouse and was using it. It was super unfair. But we would definitely do that. We would definitely do the multi, the link or whatever it was in the back of your PlayStation 1 and connect it to another one and play on two TVs. A lot of good times doing that. I mean, you also saw uh, in the uh, Memory Meadow, this is just the Memory Meadow section, you've also got the PlayStation memory card, you know, the PS1 memory card. You've got a PlayStation game disc. They had the two things I completely forgot about. Three things, actually. The Pocket Station? which I had never seen in real life. It may have been just an, like a Japan exclusive. I don't remember. I don't even remember seeing the pocket station. And then there was also a peripheral. I don't know if you guys remember this, but the PlayStation 1 LCD monitor, it would like connect into the back and it would lay flat on the top and you kind of just pulled it up and you could play it right there, which was a neat little thing, but kind of, I don't know. I mean, you still needed power to power both of them, so... If you got a wall plug, this isn't like the most modular thing in the world. You know what I mean? It's not like a handheld. So we're, I don't know what the use case was for that. Maybe if someone else was using the TV, you could turn on the LCD screen and play on that while someone else was on the TV. Or maybe the multi-link thing. I guess that works too. But I don't know if that would fit in the... doesn't matter. Then there's also the PlayStation Multi-Tap, which I definitely remember having. And I definitely remember using like a handful of times. Barely like three or four times. The multi-tap was basically you plug it into the first controller slot and then it was it's like a, it looks like a boomerang almost and you could plug in four different controllers and memory cards into it. So that was neat. I remember I remember owning that. I still have it somewhere. I have to like go and dig out all these things and maybe display them because man, there's there's so many other ones. There was also a PlayStation 2 multi-tap which I never had that one. I had the knockoff one thinking that I'd be playing in-house with a bunch of friends and that and that barely ever happened but um in the ssd speedway there's also there's a playstation 2 which is pretty you know it's playstation 2 there's the different models of it too so they had the slim one they had the fat one they had the iToy camera which i don't remember they had a playstation 2 disc the playstation 2 memory card which was also really cool to see again i believe what was it Were they did they go from god i don't remember I remember the PlayStation 1 was 8 megabytes. And I think the 2 was 16 megabytes. I could be wrong. And I'm not going to look it up. Because I haven't played that in a while. We're on 5 for Christ's sake. So they also had the Buzz controller. Which I didn't remember seeing. But I believe it was some kind of like... Uh, the Buzz controller was like a like a, like a a game show type thing. And you would you'd beep in with it and answer questions and stuff. I don't really remember that. I don't remember seeing it. But... It it was it was neat. There's also when you get to the GPU jungle, and as you move on, as you get to the more, I suppose they're not like you could do any one of these things from the beginning. So I don't know if they're any are more difficult than the others, but I guess there is an order to it because they're newer artifacts. But for this one, they had the PlayStation Move motion controller which, as we all know, was repurposed and used for PlayStation VR. And I remember buying all in on this system, like, the day it came out. I had the PlayStation Move controller. I had the PlayStation camera. I had I played Tiger Woods, like, you swing it with the thing. And I remember having a lot of fun doing that. And then the only other game I remember playing it with, I got the 
PlayStation, is it the aim controller? No, that's the PlayStation VR one. What the hell? The, is it the move? Oh, God damn it. It's probably in here, isn't it? Oh, there it is. The PlayStation Move Sharpshooter. I don't know if you guys remember this, but if you go look up, I believe it was released with Resistance 2. You put the controller like and attach it to the front of the gun, and then the motion controller, which I, not the motion controller. God, what's the other name of that? The navigation controller. There it is. You put the navigation controller, which has your, your sticks to move. So you put that like where you hold the gun, uh, the foregrip. So you'd be controlling it with your left hand. I'm a righty. So I'd be controlling it with my left hand, aiming and firing with my right. And I thought this was the coolest thing ever. It's like having a light gun again. Light gun games are never a bad time, right? But the problem for resistance, which was extremely frustrating, is the game didn't, like, you could do the back, forward, straight, or, you know, go, like, strafe left, strafe right. And that was, that worked great with the, uh, move navigation controller, but when you tried to aim, like you would have to, you'd be aiming at something in the middle of the screen and say something was off screen to the right, you would have to move the aim to the right side of the screen and then it would just start flying to the right and then you'd have to pull it back to the left and then aim at what you're going. So you had to actually overshoot everything you're trying to shoot at and it was very difficult to shoot. It was very unwieldy and I remember not playing with it a whole lot. I've been like, oh, they're going to come out with another game for this. That's going to be real dope and they never did. So there's also some of the cool artifacts where the the PlayStation Vita, which is still out there, people still love it. PlayStation decided that it's not worth supporting, so whatever. Uh, the PSVR headset, the PSVR aim controller. We go through the whole gamut of the Sony stuff. So you've also got, in the next area, Cooling Springs, the Move Sharp Shooter. You've got the Navigation Controller, the PS3 Game Disc, the PlayStation Portable. Remember that one? And the PSP UMD. There's also the PSP that's around here too. I honestly forgot that the PSP existed. I remember getting one and I didn't hack it. I never would have hacked it because that's illegal. But if someone, a friend of mine did. And I remember playing and having access to a billion games. And when you do have access to a billion games, you don't want to play any games. Like you don't. Uh, I won't get into detail about piracy or getting games or mod chips or anything like that, but I, I a friend who I don't talk to anymore has told me that, you know, if you could just have a CD burner at your house and then you could just burn PlayStation 1 games and then have a CD spool of 200 of them, you're not going to play any of them. You're just going to get to collecting them and you're going to have a billion of them and then you're not going to want to play any of them. So that was about the, uh, you know, that's the, the, the thing that they should be pushing about piracy of why not to do it. You'll have too many games. It's not fun. But I don't know. I mean, that's about it. There's nearly not too much to say about Astro's Playroom. I did play Astrobot Rescue Mission. That was one of the first ones that was released as kind of like a demo for VR. But it was great, and it was a lot of fun. And then to see this guy come back, this little Astro fellow come back and join the ecosystem again as kind of like your navigation through the history of PlayStation and the digital representation of where it's going. I thought that was neat. I thought it was fun. I I thought I got a lot more fun out of this game than I thought I would. I just heard it was an easy platinum and I was like, well, it's already installed. I don't have to buy anything. I might as well give it a shot. 
and I ended up having a great time with it. It's one of the games that comes with PlayStation 5, and I don't know. I, I don't have anything else to say about this. I thought it was great. Go play it if you got PlayStation 5. If you don't have PlayStation 5, when you buy one, don't overlook it because it's a fun game, and it's really great to remember all this cool shit. But if you guys out there have ever played Astro's Playroom and you want to tell us about it, send us an email at plottytime at gmail.com. We have a 100% guaranteed response rate. We would love to hear from you. You can also get to us faster on the socials at Plotty Time on Instagram and Twitter. And then you can also get to us on YouTube. You can like and subscribe there. Like and subscribe anywhere. It will really help us out. Review, rate, whatever. We love it. And, uh, you know, if you want to hear more of these dumb skulls, if you want to hear less, whatever, you know, tell us what you want to hear. But uh, that does it for me today. So get out there, play some games. Don't trust Dr. Scientist. And I'll talk to you next time. Peace.